I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, vaccination frustration. Here's what we know. California has fallen behind almost every other state when it comes to getting the coronavirus vaccine into people's arms. The question, what is behind the chaos and slow pace? Who is to blame and what can be done to change it? My guests are the Chronicle's lead public health reporter, Aaron Alday, and lead San Francisco City reporter, Trisha Thadani. How are you guys? Doing all right, Damien. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Guys, this is such a complicated subject. You're going to have to kind of hold my hand through it. Aaron, I want to start with you. Once again, we have this collision of huge stories this week. The virus is exploding. There's a more contagious variant out there that is spreading, and the vaccine can't come soon enough to stop the trend. Take us inside the frustration that everyone is feeling, including uh, people at hospitals, public health officials. I mean, you nailed it. Pretty much everybody's frustrated. The governor's frustrated. Uh, our, our county health officers are frustrated. Um, people are frustrated. Um, you know, individuals, everybody who wants to get vaccinated is frustrated. And now, you know, as you pointed out, we have this this variant, this new version of, of, the, of the virus that's spreading around the globe and that's popped up in this country. And you've got our, our kind of infectious disease, our experts in, in the spread of disease who are really frustrated and really concerned about we need to get a move on with this vaccination thing. I think that we've been looking at this vaccination campaign as kind of our escape of the pandemic, like let's get a move on with this so that we can speed up getting getting our lives back to normal. But this new concern is, no, we need to get a, a move on because otherwise these new variants are going to kind of escape and they're going to maybe overwhelm the, the vaccine. You know, they're going to undo you know, some of the progress we've made. And so we need to, it's kind of like a race that's on right now when we're racing against this virus's ability to mutate and become something something worse. And we're trying to get people vaccinated ahead of that. So that just kind of adds this new competitive edge to to this campaign that, that clearly we were lacking before. Trisha, the frustration, you've been talking to a lot of people, including city officials and different county officials, about not only how they're feeling and 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 but getting a lot of calls from constituents right who are saying we want to get vaccinated quicker. Yeah, you call and talk to any local official right now and they will similarly tell you that they're one frustrated and also just getting inundated with complaints from from their constituents. I mean, down to the local level, you have you have supervisors in San Francisco who say that they're just getting email after email and call after call and just that basic question of how can I get vaccinated? And they've been incredibly frustrated because their hands are basically tied. I mean, a lot of this is um, up to the state in terms of their allocation. So when it comes to the local level, even though these are the people who are getting complaints from their constituents, they really can't do much unless the state steps up. So what do the lawmakers and the medical professionals want from the state? And how much ability does the state, do we know, to, to change this quickly? Well, basically, at this point, local officials said that they're really just looking for more transparency. I mean, down in, in, in at, this, at the local level in San Francisco, um, at this point, they, you know, they don't really know how many doses they're going to be getting week, week by week. So for example, in San Francisco, like the first week of the year, they got some 4,000 doses. And then the next week, they got 11,000 doses. And now next week, they're also expecting 4,000 doses again. And they only have a few days worth of notice before these actually arrive in the city and then can put the shots into people's arms. 
And, you know, it just makes it really hard to plan at this point. You know, how many volunteers do you need? Do you need to set up more, uh, you know, vaccination stations or clinics for people to go to? So it's just a lot of uncertainty around the board. And all they're asking for is just a little bit more clarity and maybe a little bit more of a heads up of when they're going to get vaccines and how many. But Aaron, a lot of the doses are going to the big providers, right? Like Kaiser and Sutter. And it seems that we don't have a lot of transparency into how they are giving those out. That's correct. I think that's a big part of the the frustration here. In fact, that's a huge part of the frustration is we don't know how many doses are going to these providers. They're not real transparent. I mean, the, the counties are pretty good at you know, telling us if you ask, you know, how how many doses they've received, how many um, they're, they've asked for, how many they're actually putting into people's arms. Uh, most of them hope to have dashboards up with that information relatively soon. But these same, you know, big providers um, are not, you know, doing that. Um, they're certainly, you know, they're barely providing it if you ask, um, and and most of the time not even that. And you know, the thing to keep in mind is is something like Kaiser is responsible for, you know the majority of people's health coverage um, in parts of the Bay Area. So this is not, you know, a small time thing. These are, you know, most people would or should get their vaccines through an entity like Kaiser or like Sutter. Um, but but we just really are kind of in the dark as to what those those providers are doing, how much vaccine they've asked for, how much they have in storage, how much they've given out. Um, we just we just don't have a lot of clarity there. So I think you know, that's, that's a big issue. Um, and that's, that's what's leading to like a lot of the frustration we're hearing, um, especially from individuals. You know, I think Trisha's had some of this, I've had a lot of this, you know, pretty much every reporter on staff has heard from people out in the community, um, who are like, you know, my grandparent, my parent, you know, I know somebody in their seventies or eighties, or I'm, you know, in my eighties and I should be eligible for the vaccine now. And I cannot figure out where to get it. I can't, you know, I can't, I call it my provider and they don't have an answer for me. I can't make an appointment, like help me out. People really want to get vaccinated. Supposedly we have an excess of doses out there because we've only used up about a third of what the state says that they've given out. So what's, you know, where's the disconnect there? And Trisha, you've written about how there are already some efforts afoot, right, by lawmakers to see if they can compel more information out of these providers. But I, I noticed that while some look like they're looking at, at new laws, others, it's it's merely a resolution asking them to do it, isn't it? Yeah. So in Santa Clara, for example, they put out an emergency ordinance that was, um, you know, basically would compel these uh, large healthcare providers to disclose this information. Um, the health department then, you know, came out a day later and said that they're also compelling the health providers to provide this information. Um, and then in San Francisco, yeah, you're right. All they were able to do is, is a resolution, which is like, a, which is non-binding. It's a statement of values um, by the board of supervisors, basically saying like, you have to give us the information that, um, that we're asking for, but it's unclear how they're going to adhere to that, when we're going to get that information, and if we're going to get it at and we've been hearing a lot about the idea of mass vaccination centers to get as much of the vaccine out as possible. But for people who, who don't understand how that works, who would be running those centers? Would the providers be involved? Um, would these simply be doses that are going to, uh, to people from the public uh, store a vaccine? Or would it also be from places like Kaiser and Sutter? So it, they're all still trying to figure it out. A quote I keep hearing from people is we're building the plane while also flying the plane. 
Um, so they're all still trying to figure out like how they're going to work together, what the best method is. Um, you know, right now in San Francisco, you, we don't have a mass vaccination site like you've seen in other counties like San Diego um, and San Mateo because we simply don't have the supply to justify that yet. Um, so, you know, local leaders have said that they would be interested in it and they're working on it. But right now the supply just isn't there. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back on Fifth and Mission right after this. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bolwa. I'm here with Aaron Alday, our lead health reporter, Trisha Thadani, our lead San Francisco city reporter. Guys, before we move on a little bit from the vaccine, I want to ask sort of a just a general question. Who's to blame? Um, who is it that that is falling down on the job that is making this so slow? Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of finger pointing that's going on out there. But universally, people are looking at the state. Um, they're looking at the California Department of Public Health and saying, you're not being transparent enough. You're not allocating doses. We can't get answers from you. Um, so yeah, it seems like the majority, while there is a lot of anger out there on many levels, um, it seems like universally people are looking at uh, their state health department. Yeah. And I will say that, you know, there's also a lot of of kind of blame being placed on the sort of federal rollout or, or rather the lack of a federal rollout or, or centralized plan. Um, you know, we there's a lot of due credit has to go for this Operation Warp Speed and how quickly we managed to to put out, you know, to come up with these vaccines and develop them. That's just really, really remarkable. We've talked about that before. But now people are saying, well, we should have had parallel to that, you know, a lot of investment, a lot of um, guidance about how how this vaccine, these vaccines were going to be distributed because these vaccines are no good to anybody if we can't actually get them into people's arms. And already this country, you know, it's very we have a very fragmented healthcare system. Um, and I think what we're seeing play out in California is is exactly that. You know, we don't have a really good centralized way of doing a mass immunization campaign. Um, and, you know, to a lot of folks, especially without the federal leadership, it's um, and now that, you know, the, the federal leadership is basically saying, OK, states, here's your vaccines. Go for it. Um, and, and what we're seeing is, is the chaos of this fractured system and the lack of planning that that went into it um, beforehand. Yeah. And I think the crux of a lot of people's frustration is that, like, we knew this was coming for months. Right. And so why are we a couple weeks into this and still trying to figure it out? Yeah, I mean, you guys have have talked to a lot of people who who say that a lot of the prep work that went into it um, could have been done a lot earlier and a lot more transparently. Um, I, but Aaron, I want to return to this variant question because people are really interested in the variant of the virus and where we're at with that, um, and some fear that the vaccine might not cover all mutations of the virus, which is really scary. Yeah, so that's definitely a fear, and I think. So what we're seeing just there's there's two kind of issues. One is what we're dealing with immediately. So right now there are there are really three variants that have sort of popped up as being, you know, starting to circulate widely. One that's probably the best known in the UK that's known to be more contagious. It spreads much faster, much more easily than the ones that are currently circulating in the United States. And so the fear there is that if it gets a foothold here, it could really just like make our current surge so much worse. But that that variant is Ever, all signs point to that one's covered by the vaccine. So we're not really worried about that. There are two other variants, one that's come up in Brazil and one in South Africa. I think the Brazil one, it still juries out a little bit, but the South Africa one in labs has 
you know, some some scientists are worried that the vaccines may not be fully effective against it. Probably they'll provide some protection, but maybe not complete protection. Um, but we still have a lot more research to do on that one to really understand. But I think kind of more pressing is seeing these variants pop up is like, these are just three that we see now that we're aware of. Um, you know, vi these viruses, these coronaviruses, what they do is they mutate and they spin out into new, you know, new versions of themselves. And, you know, I don't want to make these into sentient creatures, but so it's not like they have like actual, you know, motivation, but, but what they do to exist is they, they, they want to replicate. So they're sort of driven to, to get out from anything that makes them stop replicating. So, you know, there, any, anything that any variant that comes up that will be kind of able to escape our vaccines is going to thrive. It's going to flourish. And so the fear is that if we, you know, are kind of haphazard with our with our vaccination plan um, and let some, you know, let, let this thing keep mutating and and some new variant spin out that at some point we're going to get a variant that does get out from under the vaccine. And then we're just going to be in a real bad spot. Um, the good news is that these vaccines we have can actually be tinkered with to cover a new variant pretty easily. So that's fantastic. Um, anything that spins out will probably be able to respond to it. But what we're potentially looking at is rolling out a new vaccine all over again, right? So you would need to revaccinate everybody potentially. Um, and it just, it's, it's, it almost doesn't even bear thinking about now because it's so frustrating. It's so, um, it's really overwhelming to kind of process. The point is for right now is we need to get a move on with our vaccination. We need to get everybody protected so that we can, we can prevent you know, any new variants that already exist from getting a foothold, but also prevent more variants from being created, if that makes sense. So it really highlights how the surge in the pandemic is complicating the vaccine rollout, right, Trisha? And, and one thing you've been asking people is sort of like, not just why is this this massive vaccination program so difficult, but what are some of the other factors and what, what, have, what have sort of doctors and lawmakers been telling you? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like the amount of resources we have is finite and the amount of healthcare workers that we have to deal with this crisis is also finite. And a lot of those resources right now are being thrown to addressing this staggering surge that we've been seeing since the holidays. But the sad irony of all of this is, is that the thing that will get us out of this is getting people vaccinated. And, and the other thing reaction people have is, hey, this is California. We should be a leader. But there, there are some built-in things about the California system that actually make it more more difficult to do this, right? That's, I think that's totally fair. And I think that gets overlooked a lot is, you know, we had, this is a massive state. Um, you know, it's almost like it's, it's a version of the United States in terms of the, the complexities and the diversity and kind of the fractured system. Um, and I mean, we've seen that play out in the surge. We've seen that play out in, in throughout the pandemic where, you know, we're really looking at, you know, almost three or four or five different pandemics in this state, just in terms of, of, you know, what we've seen in terms of cases and deaths and, and the response to it. And we're seeing the same thing with the vaccine rollout where, you know, there are different problems in different areas, depending on politics, depending on how much resources they have on the, the you know, how well supported their public health system is, all those kinds of things get factored into it. All right, before I let you guys go, I want to ask you, how close are we to getting back to our lives, uh, school, our jobs, etc.? Are we any closer, especially with the vaccine starting to, to get out there? 
I mean, we're closer. <laughs> we're not, we're not farther away. Um, but, you know, I think I to look, let's look more short term first, because I think that that there is, you know, if we just sort of look at the at the very near future, there's there's some good stuff to look for in the Bay Area, which is, you know, this current surge, it's possible we've peaked. Um, it's possible we've hit we, we seem to have hit this plateau. Um, which, you know, means that things will look better from here on out, at least with this current surge. Um, you know, we'll see where we've already seen like our hospitalization numbers and IC numbers and even case numbers kind of just evening out. So, you know, it's it's conceivable that we could see our stay at home order lifted, eased up, you know, maybe by the end of the month um, at the earliest, um, certainly kind of early February. I think we might see that happen. Um, and that would be, you know, nice just to be able to like open up hair salons again and get haircuts, go to get some outdoor dining again, like just just sort of these little treats that we've been deprived of for for a couple months now, I think would feel good. The weather's getting a little bit better. So I think that's sort of a near term thing we can certainly look forward to and anticipate. That's we're definitely closer to that um, as far as just all the other stuff, even schools, but like going back to work, going back to normal, that's just, there's just still so much uncertainty. I think it's really, really hard to, to forecast when, when that might happen. All right, Aaron, Trisha, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us, Damien. Thanks for having us. Thanks to my guests today, Chronicle reporters, Aaron Alday and Trisha Thadani, to Taya Francesca Price for producing this episode. And thank you for listening.